0: Um, there's a question that I would put across to us, and I want us to think about it. It's also the question that the short clip we're going to see starts with. Um, it's a 10 minutes, 9 minutes kind of click, so it's not long. Um, but. Quite packed in in the reflection therein. It occurred to me recently as well that most of the resources we've been using so far, since pretty much mid of last year when we started engaging with right now media resources, we've not really engaged with a content by a woman. Most of the resources have been practically all, uh, apart from if someone is sharing a testimony or something, have been men. So I wanted us to engage with the feminine voice today. So you hear lots of ladies' voices um, in the nine minutes clip, <laughs> three ladies and then particularly one, one, one that spoke extensively in it. Um, but the question is that, you know, when we talk about the fact that we are saved, um, and I'm, I'm assuming here that we all would um, say that it's okay if you want Say that, um, or if you still feel am I am I not? That's okay. Um, You're yeah, welcome to the party. <laughs> but for everyone that would say that, yeah, I'm saved. I believe I'm I'm a Christian. I'm born again. Um, in in that evangelical sense of the word. What is your before and after kind of story like? Was there ever a moment that you can look back to? Or look at in the now that you're like, wow, this is this is this is a stark difference from the the me that was BC, the BC version of me versus the after salvation, AS version of me, BC being before Christ, before making that full-on commitment to Jesus and now. Um and I know that's a very vulnerable thing to ask in a sense. So you you are not obliged to, you're not under any obligation to share. But I think it can be helpful for us to begin to wake up to part of the reality of what has happened. Um, and maybe I would go first while giving us the opportunity to process that and what that can, can look like. Of course, there are many many aspects I could zoom into But one aspect would be, um, you know, weeks or months after the time I look back to to say, okay, now this is the moment I finally gave my life to Christ. So I'm one of those people that I can't exactly name a date because there have just been too many of them, Um, but there was one last time. Uh, and the reason why there were too many dates, dating back to my primary school days when um when a teacher gathered us together after school hours, some of us that a for whatever reason, I don't know what the the criteria for choosing us, but he felt like he wanted to spend time with us. And the only thing I can remember now about that night, um not the night, it was day after school hours was you know reading all these things about precious stones, um. That the devil was made of, you know that that list of precious stones, uh, onyx and jasper and whatever it is, um, and the fact that he gave us an assignment to get back home and try to pray for fifteen minutes, and those were the fifteen longest minutes of my life. <laughs> like after seeing everything I thought to say and opened my eyes and saw that I barely used a minute. <laughs> And it challenged us to pray for 15 minutes. So that, yeah, there was one experience like that. I was maybe eight-year-old, nine-year-old. I can't remember. And many other instances in between. Um, but this final time um, in 20, 2006, 2006, as a first-year student in uni, um, second semester, um, and I've attended this event, and there's a whole lot of story behind it, but the point where I'm going to is what happened after, after this overnight event, and I folded a copy of I folded a copy of the event flyer where this salvation encounter happened. I folded a copy of it, especially with the place where the face of the minister. The minister was a woman. Um, I'm not too sure of her name again, but what comes to mind is Larry or Lassa Indy or something like that, but I don't know. She came from the U.S. But I folded a, a, a copy of the flyer and put it inside my wallet because I'm hoping that every time I want to do those wrong things that always make me feel like I've not been truly and fully saved and makes me feel like I need to be saved again, um, especially things like watching pornography or masturbation or whatever it was back in the days, I, I will look at that picture and feel like ah, something has changed. I can't afford to go back to, you know, that past life. And then gradually there was a moment in time when I strongly felt like, no, it's not this picture that saved you. It's not this woman that saved you. And seeing a picture or seeing this symbol will necessarily give you the restraint that you need that it's something that is going on on the inside and it's something that is a journey that will take the rest of my life and how liberating like, that was how freeing that was the pressure that i put myself under like oh i have to take responsibility to keep this salvation was just let's it, it was let go gone off and, and since then till now i think Walking in the fullness of that liberty, that freedom, that joy um, it's nothing that I can place a value on. Um, and yeah, maybe that's why I don't know the woman's. I'm not sure of the woman's name or anything. I don't know what she looks like again, because the emphasis then shifted from the messenger to the Christ that did the salvation. And the fact that I have the rest of my life to figure this out, it's not going to happen overnight like that. And yeah, so there was that light and day experience. It's probably a momentary um not momentary personal thing. Like it's not something I go about telling everybody. If I don't even think anybody has ever I've, I've, I can't remember ever sharing about this wallet episode. Um, but yeah, there was that, there was that um before and after kind of reality. And the journey is still ongoing um since then till now. So that kind of Stuff I don't know if anybody wants to share voluntarily um before I'm tempted to call names um in that regard. Don't wait for that next person in the next rectangle. your own rectangle can be the first where sound will come from. okay, now you have pushed me to call names. <laughs> <laughs> Damilari, you're always a safe space. (laughs) (laughs) Let me take a, not a gamble, but yeah, let's hear from you, basically. If you're able to talk where you are, if you're not, just type in the chat, try that, and we'll come back to you later. Damilari, Yusuf, are you there? Maybe not. Okay, um let's come to this type of... <laughs> a of I it good
1: a
2: good Oh thought oh, she said she
1: couldn't talk. Oh
2: I'm I'm oh. home now.
0: Okay, okay, okay. <laughs>
1: okay.
2: All right,
0: and Damilari just said he can't chat, uh he can't speak right now. So yeah, thanks Damilari. If I go on. Yeah,
2: um I think <laughs> As you said, Pastor, um, the very the very last time I went for altar call was mm. in the house. My own altar call was in the house, and it was uh, it was a joyful moment. Mm. So I would say before that time, yes, I believed. and I just,
1: mm.
2: but there were many more things in my life that I needed God to help me through with. Mm. and after then. Yeah, a lot of changes, a lot of um, deeper love for him. Just more time to like being able to actually understand him better through mm-hmm. his words, through people, through you know. I I just had the um, spirit to learn more. Mm. I think that's the that was the major one because before then, I was learning in my space and go to church and come back just do my devotion but I got the after that time I got the that more um, desire yes the desire to just want to dig deeper the desire to just want to I want to ask this question I want to ask that question I I just want to know more (laughs) so which was really good and it has helped me to grow and I've really enjoyed his grace mm-hmm. in, in you know, through that having to know all like more and more and still learning. Mm-hmm. So it has helped me to enjoy his grace and to enjoy his love. And I'm still enjoying it and I'll continue to enjoy it. <laughs> um, and also um, like areas where um like, Areas where I I've been like looking up to that felt like a very big challenge for me. Mm-hmm. It was just not automatic.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: didn't come like it happened the day and I stopped everything. But it helped me through gradually to actually drop those um, bad habits mm-hmm. and pick up the good ones. So those are the major. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And many good. more. I can imagine. Yes, Thank you. Um, any other volunteers? Mr. <coughs> anu, are you able to speak where you are?
3: Why what did I want to say? Joshua said he wants to talk.
0: Oh, all right, go on.
3: How <laughs> did you give your life to Christ, Joshua? Everybody's listening to you. <laughs> I just messed it up. Um uh, uh mine was um i came to know christ like i was relieved of of, of, of the burden i carried in my heart from my parents mm-hmm. and that and that was what drove me it was the surrender that i found in god that made them that was um, it for, for me just not being the one settling matters and just being just returning back to a child and just enjoying my childhood instead of worrying about them mm-hmm. yes that was that's-, that's my own story thank you thank
0: okay. you and what you just said about returning to a child actually i i, I picked that from a spiritual sense when his sister Eiffel was sharing you know that new inquisitiveness that new i want to know i want to grow i want to these things that they used to say that would just fly over my head. now i I know somehow that I can't afford for them to just fly over my head. I should engage with this content, I with this message, with this good news, what other things are there for me to understand, and you know, just wanting to to know. and that's that's something I also really felt when I um gave my life to Christ in this final sense I was referring back to. It's part of why Bible study has been a part of my journey from then till now. Like just one thing to know, my favorite spot in the library, um, at OAU Abafo other University, is the reference section because that's the only part that you don't have to go through any stress to use resources. The books are just there; you can just walk over there and pick them. And and there was this volume of I think it was called the Interpreter's Commentary, big volumes on every book of the bible including the books that are not in my bible and i will sit down with those commentaries and just researching these days before we now have everything you know at our beck and call and click of a mouse and google search and chat gpt (laughs) and the rest of them but yeah that's that curiosity of a child it's so precious so yeah thanks for sharing at this point, I would want us to go watch the message. Um, it's just 10 minutes, like I said, but I want you to. Try and be present with what you're engaging with and at the same time, reflecting on that vis-a-vis your personal story. Uh, the key speaker uh, that I would spend the most time of the 10 minutes uh, sharing is Jack Il-Perry. I, uh, Jackie Perry and Jackie Perry. I don't know if some of us know her. Um, but she's very deeply poetic. And sometimes that comes through the way she talks. She talks like she's rapping sometimes. And so if you're not <laughs> patient, you you might um, not catch it all. And yet she's spewing it. Every statement is deeply profound. So I pray we are richly blessed. It's a uh, part of a series. So I'll just jump to that particular video in the series and we'll watch that together over the next few minutes. Okay.
4: So we talked about how sin always leads to death, right? But how through Jesus we receive grace and righteousness and we've been made alive. We received eternal life. Do you have any stories or a story of like what it looked like for you to transition from death to life or even somebody that you love, like what did that actually look like? Yeah, I remember when I started following Jesus, I was 21 and I told you guys already. Grew up in the church, knew a lot about him. So I knew the rules. I knew how you're supposed to look. I know how you're supposed to act, all the things. But then when I got saved at 21, the thing that stands out to me the most in my life is that when I would repent before God, Mm. I felt love and not shame. Mm. And previous to that, I would say like, oh my gosh, I screwed up again. I'm sorry, Mm. will you forgive me? And I just felt shame from God. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a freedom. There's a freedom. Yeah, Yeah, I felt love, I felt forgiveness. I felt that he wasn't gonna leave me after I messed up. So that was a big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? Mine was pretty drastic because i'd known about god for so long Mm -hmm. but i mean i felt gifts rise up in me like Mm -hmm. i came home and you know this is before beth moore was on the scene like i didn't know women (laughs) could teach their bible but i started teaching my bible to girls i mean like i just loved god so much that i had to give it away And I pulled all these girls together, and I taught them the Book of Revelation okay. <laughs> that's my as a brand story. new. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's only Break God. That. Like, yeah. like I mean, without now that you know, there's a model for that. But mm-hmm. back then, it was just God in me. What about you, Jackie? Uh, I went to, so the, the day, the morning after I repented, I went to work, and I still dressed the same, looked the same, but I felt different, and um, I used to steal from my job, because I was dead, you know, I, and then I had the opportunity to steal some money, but I just had this awareness of God's presence um, in a way that I hadn't before, and it wasn't as if I never knew that He couldn't see everything, yeah. it was just that now that I was a Christian, I cared about what He saw, yeah. and so that told me, like, oh, like, God really has made me a different person, like, I'm Sensitive okay. to holiness and righteousness in a way that I just never was. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Good to know that transitioning from death to life and coming under the dominion of Jesus Christ isn't hypothetical. Right. It has, it has practical yeah. implications. Right. After Genesis three, you see a lot of bad news in the scriptures. Immediately after Adam's sin, there was murder in his family, followed by the increase of wickedness upon the earth, which led God to cleanse it by flood preserving only Noah and his family. But not long after the flood subsided, Noah got drunk. (laughs) Even though the earth might have been wiped clean, Noah's heart was still tainted by sin. Then there was Sodom and Gomorrah, the sinful captivity of Israel by the Egyptians as described in Exodus. After crying out to God to be delivered, God heard them and then led them out of slavery into the wilderness, where the same people that God had set free then became worshippers of the gods that they could make with their own hands. You have David who rises to power in First and Second Samuel. Though he is called a man after God's own heart, he was still as prone to sin as anyone else. We see this when he abuses his power by having a moral sex with Bathsheba and then killing her husband Uriah to cover up her pregnancy. You have the major and the minor prophets from Isaiah to Amos, constantly calling God's people to repent of their wickedness so as to escape God's judgment. And don't think that sin and death were just an Old Testament reality. Even in the early church in Acts chapter five, There's a couple named Ananias and Sapphira who sinned against the Holy Spirit by lying to him. And as a consequence, they died as soon as the lie left their lips. Who knew that lying was so serious to God? From Adam and all the way to us is the reality that sin is real and it is deadly. Sin always leads to death. Why? Because the triune God has life in himself. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 6, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Death is a consequence of sin, not only because of judgment, but as a reaction. Sin separates us from God, therefore sin separates us from life itself. You might be saying, well, I've sinned a lot in my life, and I'm still alive and well. And I'd say, yes, And one way you are alive. After Adam and Eve sinned against God, they didn't technically died there was no funeral for them immediately after eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so yes just like them you are breathing you are still able to move and think and enjoy all the good things this earth has to offer if you are listening to the sound of my voice you are alive physically but if you are not in submission to God's voice if you are not in relationship with Christ the giver and sustainer of your physical life then you are very much dead The scary thing about sin, though, is how it leads us to believe that it is a better option than God. Nobody sins by force. We do it willingly because we enjoy it. Whether that be lying, sexual sin, self-righteousness, greed, envy, abuse of authority, racism, hatred, drunkenness, all sins come from the heart, a heart that is born preferring its own way over God's. Because we were born sinners, we were born in a lineage where death reigned. In romans 5:12, paul says this he says therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sinned that should concern us that we can be so deceived that we can be in love with something that is destined to destroy us and an even more accurate way to say it would be to say that sin motivates us to love deadly things so what do we do then how do we not only avoid the judgment that comes by us being sinners by nature, but how do we become free from its power over us? How can we be people that are freed from death so that we can really live? Well, this is why the good news is good news, because Jesus did what we couldn't do and what we didn't even ask him to do. In Romans 5:8, 8, uh, the text says that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were dead, Christ died for us. During Christ's crucifixion, he became sin, taking on the judgment that we all rightly deserved and dying the death that we were all destined to die. On the cross, Jesus made it possible for anybody, no matter their sin preference and past sins or current sins, to be made right with the Father. Though the sin and condemnation that Adam introduced into our blood is strong, Jesus is stronger. We have evidence for this by recalling the fact that Jesus' tomb is empty. He isn't there because death had no power over him, and how could it? He is life itself. And for that reason, all who repent and put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can be released from the power of sin and death too. Released to do what, you might ask? Well, the easy answer is released into freedom. A major part of that freedom is that being freed from the penalty and the power of sin releases you into love, to love God without any hindrances, to love him without fear of judgment, to love him without shame, to love him without pretense, to love him as he deserves to be loved. The gospel has opened up the door for lovers of sin to be transformed into lovers of God. And out of that love, you are then empowered to love all of the people that God has made. Death makes us really bad neighbors, but life makes us lovely people to all people. But not only that, also to be freed from death is to really and truly live. It's like, it's like when you're dead in sin, you're dead to life itself. When there's worship around you, it doesn't really move you. righteous things don't excite you. The things of God bore you, maybe even irritate you. But when the spirit comes in and raises you from the dead, literally, you are made alive to enjoy all that God is. You see things in new ways. You hear sermons and songs and conversations differently. You think differently. You walk like you've never walked before. To be in Christ is to be in life itself. Romans 521 describes it beautifully. It says, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also must reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And ain't that good news? Take some time to just thank God for doing what you couldn't do yourself, which is to make you alive. Getting in progress.
0: literally how I felt I felt like just heaving a sigh of relief and spending another few minutes just in silence and in pondering on yeah the priceless beauty of what I've enjoyed what the miracle that has happened in my heart and I believe in the heart of many of us that are here And I know that some of us joined in while the video was on or while the video was already at the end. That's okay. You're welcome. But for those of us that caught something of that, yeah, I would like to hear our thoughts on what we've just heard. What has that reminded you of about yourself um, and the journey that you've been on B.C. and A.S., before Christ and after salvation. Um, and which parts of a short exposition. I mean, just listening again, it's a sweep through the Bible from Genesis down to you, literally. Um, and that's, that's, that's beautiful. But yeah, if there's any aspect of what she shared that really stands out to you, one of the ways we learn on this platform in this community is majorly by the interaction that comes from what the spirit of God has drawn to our hearts um, and just hearing us think about what we've heard. We do learn a lot from the, I do learn a lot from hearing others share about what they are, yeah, getting from what we are all saying or hearing to get um yeah thank you sister lioness you can go for it
5: all right so watching through that that movie you know i'm just again i'm just so grateful that um you know salvation is real it's not just um a scam it's not just anything that is um it is real okay um, um, if I will share one of my personal experience. Um, so I remember when many years ago, I was back in Nigeria. I think it was early 90s. Um, so this family, they came from United Kingdom to do a wedding of one of their daughters. Um, so they brought in this other guy who was about my age. We are family friends, by the way. Oh, bless you, Baba. And so... um they so they came in for the wedding, and we went to their house after the wedding to go and greet them mm. and you know you know for for a young girl, I think I was just about nine or ten years at the mm. time so for for a young girl who had known about seducing
1: mm.
5: about um you know somebody is just who is just warming up to become a prostitute. Mm.
0: Mm. Mr. Linus, you're muted if that was accidental.
5: Oh, uh, sorry, it was accidental. So I remember that when so when they came in, we went to their house to to greet them after the wedding.
1: Mm-hmm. And
5: mm-hmm. I, and I and I sat down, I opened up my laps. Like I mm-hmm. sat down. And to, I I made sure that I sat down that this guy looked to white towards my side. Mm-hmm. Like towards my side. And it, so I was looking at him, you know, I was pretending as if I didn't know the way I was sat, you know, I sat down like that. And, you know, the guy looked at me and stuff like that. But after that, I didn't see him because the guy then came over, Um his parent had um, done his papers or something like that. So he had left Nigeria to come back for the wedding and then he came back again. So mm-hmm. they had, so they left after the wedding like that. I didn't see him, but you know, like I was fulfilled, like I achieved my aim. You know that kind of stuff. You know, so mm. and and many have and um, so and that 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 led me into, you know, just wearing a rubbish. I remember we used to live in a Colaba area around new um old uh, was it old Bodija area in Ibadan, very close by federal areas where, you know, the um houses of this um. You know these big people who built houses around that area where they used to live. And I remember that, you know, that was where that was the area where I used to have lesson, um, extra um, extra extra moral classes, is it? Yeah, that's what they call those classes, and I would go there dressing anyhow. You know, I would you know wear my shorts. <laughs> and because I grew up being a beautiful girl, to be honest, I, I knew I'm, you know, be- And I will wear this rubbish clothes and I'll go there for lessons and guys will be following after me like, (laughs) and I really loved it, you know.
1: Um, uh,
5: So after many years, after I'd given my life to Christ, I'd come out of all of that, you know, I'm able to sit down well, comport myself, dress properly. That was how I saw this guy again in United Kingdom. And my memory went back to what I did to him. I was like, oh my God really for real you know um he didn't say anything we didn't talk about it but anytime that I see that guy he's on my whatsapp anytime he views my whatever and I think I'll be like wow thank God for Christ you know that I left that area that, you know Christ indeed it did rescued my life it did rescued my soul, you know. So I'm this kind of girl now that will not come. I will not be coming to church. I look at myself ta- many times over like, am I okay? Am I all right? Is he okay? Is he good? Am I sitting down well in church? Am I comporting myself? Yeah. I'm thinking, really? So I can come, I can become that kind of person, you yeah. know. And I'm so grateful to God because again, that's why I said salvation is real. It's not a scam. It's not something that will happen to you and you would not know Uh, uh. you would know somehow you may not remember the date this is not about um writing down dates or knowing about the yeah glory be to god if you know the dates glory be to god if you know the time or the hour you know or what happened you know but that something will happen to you and you won't know no um it's something beautiful for me you know i mean coming from the Apostle church where my dad is an elder, my mom is a deaconess. Mm. From the time that I knew my right from the left and my parents are official officers in the, in the church. You know, um and I'm so grateful to God. I am so grateful to God um for that. <laughs>
0: God. Thank you very much. That's yeah that's that's something that one can definitely relate to. It. Mr. Huh? I can see your hand.
3: Yeah. Oh, the part that got me uh, that got me interested in while Jackie was talking
1: mm-hmm.
3: was when she um said how about um when when you know Christ yeah mm-hmm. the same song you've listened to you just like they, it does not it sounds different like mm-hmm. everything sounds new there's a bounce in your steps that's right it just gives you it gives you a confidence that is like desire oh. sometimes and it happens to me at work like mm-hmm. everybody will be moaning about how much work they had to do, how this one is hard me, I'll just put one earphone in my ear li- I will not um, even listen to anything go scan documents and be bouncing up on that and sometimes my manager will say I need you to get tired well, eh? tired? Maybe <laughs> I came here to work <laughs> I will work, I will go so, mm-hmm. I think the way I knew Christ Mm-hmm. Knowing that he's got control and he's got the whole world in his hands. Mm-hmm. Just that entrance here yeah, mm-hmm. has colored my relationship with him and how I view life and even how I view times where we are going through storms and having issues.
1: Yeah.
3: I just know that with him in the mix it's done. And and it's because like this Bible verse that that always comes to my mind where um we're told that whatever you ask, um, no, I think it's actually my mom that drummed it in my ear. She'll say, I "Ask and you shall receive. Knock and you shall." Receive. I know the three things. I can't remember them.
0: Yes, Ask, ask, seek, knock.
3: Yeah, and knowing that all I need to do is just say it, mm-hmm. and I and I wrote the burden to him. He deals with the issue. Why mm-hmm. me? Live my life, JJ, with uh, the, with the resources it's given. Is it's just amazing. When she said everything sounds new, it, makes me, it made me smile, the way I would regularly climb my bike and be <laughs> rolling around town, so I, I have no issues. Like, God is just faithful. He, he gives us this...
1: There
3: is this... Oh, to him, this... Okay. And so that's to him. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Um. Yeah, this is... This is pre- Pretty much what I'm hoping that tonight would do for us, recapture this wondrous miracle that has happened in our hearts. And then, of course, give opportunity for those who are still unsure whether that has happened in their hearts to embrace it, to open up to it the more. So thank you for sharing, Sister Lioness and Sister Anna. Um, Sister Adenry Sola. Um, I, I want to believe I called your name
6: over to you. Okay, so um I wanted to talk before the message started. I oh. need I need someone someone enough courage. <laughs> <laughs> but now listening to um her sermon, should I call it the sermon now? It was it, it kind of sent me back to the years because for me coming to Christ was more about me finding a father, because mm. I had lost my father at that point in time and we had been close. So it was me seeking a a relationship to fill that void. And I can say that over the years, I've grown to see God as father. And even in my desires, that shift has come from a place of love. Okay, God loves me and I've seen this and it has become more and more tangible and literally or figuratively palpable (laughs) over the years. So it's like, would you want to do this and hurt your father? You have received this of God. Would you want to do this? So, even when I fall or make mistakes and all of that, it's always from a place of, okay, God loves me. And then I can run back to his arms over the years. So, I've seen that change. So, from me receiving his love, it has spilled over into me wanting to please my father, wanting to do things that will make him happy with me and then in the message of Jackie the thing that stood out for me was when she said when you are now in Christ when the Holy Spirit fills your heart you are made alive to enjoy all that God is Mm. so my desires the things that I yearn for the kind of songs I listen to now yeah, yeah, even once in a while I still fall back. But then there's always this thing on the inside. Darren, should you be listening to this? Should you be de-? It always pushes me back to okay, then we should listen to worship songs. You should listen to songs that flood your heart with God's love for you, his faithfulness, his grace, and all of that. So and then hearing sermons differently, wanting to be in God's presence, to so learn about him, not the kind of compulsion I had. Oh, of course I grew up in church and all of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, but then throughout this year, it was more like, oh, we have to do this because there's some. Um, Task taskmaster quote unquote somewhere but now it's different the way i see things is different the way i yearn for god's presence is different so it's more like from a place of intimacy there's been a change in my desires my tastes things that i want and how i relate with god so yeah that's the change like i would say i've noticed over the years
0: yeah. <laughs> thank you very much thanks for sharing sister that-
2: Yes, I just want to uh, point out God's love <laughs> from when the um, one of the ladies said um you come from the place of shame to love. So you you no longer feel ashamed, you no longer feel condemned. Mm-hmm. Um that was how I felt. Mm-hmm. I, I I stopped feeling like if I do something wrong, like I can cry and like then I'll cry and cry and cry <laughs> and feel like ah I, I always condemn myself. I was always too hard
1: mm. on
2: myself. But after coming, after realizing, and it was his grace that made me realize he loves me so much. Mm. So I started enjoying that love and then listening to corrections mm. Mm. on how to grow better and on how he would want me to, to amend um, those certain habits next time. So, which was really good for me, and the other part is God's love is just is so much that he would see, he would like he would hold your hands through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me, knowing him back home, like after coming to that full um awareness, um that last altar call for me, I he knew that I didn't have the um the two, because in Nigeria, it's something that I was already used to, church and everything, and the regular things, are, the normal things I hear, yeah, you getting a devotion, um, a morning devotion, and all that to read and study. So me wanting to know more of him, Mm. he wanted he he really wanted he he wanted to uh, sorry he granted me that desire that request by bringing me to the UK Mm. because sometimes when I say my story about coming to the UK I always say that I didn't just come to the UK to study Mm. he actually brought me to know better to feel free among those destiny helpers he has assigned for me to answer my questions Mm. because I didn't have that opportunity back home sometimes Mm. I ask questions but I don't have people to answer them Mm. so it brought me to that place of 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 that place where I can really pour out my mind that place where I can really just brought those people around me, Pastor is one of them, <laughs> Sister Anu, and my church family basically, and many more other people as well. And I enjoyed the fact that he also taught me how to um, not be too familiar, mm. because my younger brother is part of the people that the Lord has really used for me. Listening to him just helps me to grow. It Mm -hmm. helps me to enjoy more of His goodness. So, what I can see through that period before before accepting Him, I didn't see my younger brother as a tool (laughs) to be used, Mm -hmm. you know. My God, but after that time, He helped. He opened my eyes to actually see the gift right in my home. Yeah, Yeah, and taking my time to actually. Lane has really helped me no matter how young he is to me or he, he just helped me through and i'm really grateful to god for that also pastor i just want to ask if um we can get the source for the video if you can share with us just because um share with us on our church group just because of the question from sister Missan yesterday
0: all right
2: i think it really gives it um the message gives us so much um, conclusion of the oh, who What's the English? I don't know. Sorry.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: But you understand what I mean? Sure, it sure. helped yeah. I really got like the question, the answer of the question from it. I know she knows the answer, but it will give a broad knowledge and it will really help us through this journey of soteriology. <laughs> thank
0: you sir <laughs> thank you very much that's really helpful thanks for sharing any other thoughts oh my god the time is gone wow um yeah any other person willing to share um what you got from or your connection points with the video that we've watched mm-hmm. This a your story or someone else's story that comes to mind i don't want to call names so
5: Please, um, I just wanted to have this quickly. So I remember that after I gave my my life to Christ, I was in the secondary school though, in the boarding house. And I was so glad that I went there and I met this man who told me about the Lord. And I remember that one day I was studying the book of, you know, know, I I had my Bible with me Mm -hmm. and I was reading that Bible from Exodus. And I was seeing the way, the Egyptians were, man, you know, maltreating the, the Israelites and I was so sad. Uh-huh. You know, when you are reading a story and you were just sad, sadness was written all over my face and I was like, "Oh, why, mm-hmm. why, why did they have to go through? And it was as though somebody stood by me in that room in the body and said to me, why can't you start reading from Genesis chapter one? And then you will understand this place. Mm-hmm. I remember flipping my Bible from that Exodus where I was reading. I flipped it back to Genesis and I started reading. And that was when I started understanding. understand. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so I was so glad. And, and I think that's one of the things that have helped me to, you know, when I look at the five gifts to the church, mm-hmm. I, anytime that I look at those five gifts, I look at the fact that I'm a teacher because the thing is, I love to just sit with the scriptures and just read. Mm. Not until lately that, you know, different versions and it's as though you have to then go and check what you have read in the Hebrew Bible just so you can understand the actual meaning of what you're reading, you know. But And, and then that was what helped me with this U version. U version, I think they started 2007, if not eight.
1: Yeah,
5: I remember joining them right from then. So when I look at the view version now and how they have developed, I'm thinking, really, mm-hmm. you know, they have really helped because there will be days that I would just sit down, look through those different versions of the scripture, you know, turn off my phone. I, in fact, I, I need to I was thinking to myself, I need to go back to those times for a whole day from nine till six, nobody can reach me on phone, mm-hmm. you know. And it just sort of builds me. And I really appreciate the word of God that sanctifies
2: that
5: mm-hmm. that 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 truly helps you to grow He mm. helped me you know so living my life as a single mom now does not particularly bother me um i'm just glad that you know something is holding me together and that's what Hebrew says he held everything together by the power of his words amen
0: mm. thank you thank you very much our time is um not too fast spent, but fast spent, and we we will begin to land the conversation. Um and yeah, it's it's one of us was saying earlier on how, you know, all these words that we use in, in, in Christianity, as I like to call it, you know, when you talk about salvation and we hear things like justification and redemption and adoption and regeneration and all these big words um while we may not be able to fully unpack all the layers of that as a systematic theologian or whatever just coming down back to what happened in my life that I can't deny what ha- what, is, what is happening actually in my life in your life I think it's it's brings out the beauty much more, such that uh, we should never become so familiar with this newfound life that we lose the wonder thereof. Uh, And I know that one thing that, you know, threatens that wonder, if I could use that word, um, is the reality of the fact that life happens. You have Pressures on every side. You have bills to pay if you are a working class person, exams to write as a student, add to that, tuition fees, voila, uh, if you are, you know, studying in, 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 in another country, for example for, for, for example. I think education is still much more affordable um, back in my home country, except you're in a private institution. Um, you know, all of those things are they—they—they they, they had their valid treasures, but I'm hoping and trusting that nothing would be powerful enough to catch our attention or shift it away from the one thing that we should never be able to take our eyes off. Of um, there are some few movies that actually, maybe just one movie that I can think of. Definitely, that if I'm watching it and you're talking to me, it's very difficult for me to take my eyes off. I would rather just pause and then talk to you and then continue and on um, pause. and many of you know the movie I'm talking about. but that should be our relationship with this newfound life. Uh, and if Paul can teach us anything, Philippians chapter three verse ten, and that's where I would end with us tonight. That I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable unto His death. Let me let me do what Sister Tustin just said, Sister Lioness, and actually read that from a few translations, and then we'll just wrap it up for tonight. Um, Of course, this is Paul in the context of you know giving his pedigree. Um, as a Jew, and not just an ordinary Jew, but one that was learned and outstanding amongst his colleagues um, and one that has enjoyed being tutored by one of the finest that they have in the day, Gamaliel, and how that is a proper Jew in every sense of the word from the tribe of Benjamin. Um, and he was listing all of these accolades that, you know, as a Jewish person, he has many things to boast about. But meeting Christ makes him look at all of these things that others would hear in his cultural setting and be like, Wow, see this outstanding guy. It's like in our own context, think of someone that is an emeritus professor or someone that is at the epic the zenith of their career you know senior advocate of one particular country in that sense in the legal field uh that kind of person saying i look at all of these accolades and awards and i count them as dung dog poo not even human poo something more i mean human poo is still so honored that we build toilets and We sit on white things and, you know, make it all clean and whatever. But, you know, those ones that you just found on the streets, like cow dung, that's how he looks at them. That's how they pale in contrast to the one wonder that he can never get enough of. And and, and then he comes and makes this outlandish statement in in verse 10 of Philippians 3, that I may know him. It's, It's a prayer on the one and a proclamation on the other and because if you are hearing it you would actually be hearing him saying that the more i know him the more i discover that i actually don't know him and then i want to know him more and i'm in this endless cycle of my continual realization of my ignorance and that's that's the that would take forever to unpack that would take forever to to live out to wake up every single day and saying yes i've made this giant 10 steps forward in my Christian journey. And then I discover actually, compared to all there is to know, all there is to love upon, all there is to discover as the wonders that my savior wants to give to me, I am even far farther beyond comprehending it than I was yesterday. Because the more you know him, the more the wonder should be amplified and make you feel like, when am I going to get enough of this? And that's that's where we're going to end. So Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 from a few translations. And we will pray together for tonight. All right. Okay. Um. Let me bring it here. I'll share my screen for us to follow. Yep. So Philippians 3 and verse 10, let me read from the Amplified. And this, so that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. And in that same way, experience the power of His resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. And that I may share the fellowship of His sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into His likeness, even to His death. In other words, dying as He did, purposefully. I mean, it, it doesn't get clearer than that. In the Classic edition of the Amplified, it says, for my determined purpose, Paul speaking, and we can all share this, our determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power that is outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit, into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that, and then that links up to, to the next verse. Um, let me see what it says in the Phillips translation, and maybe we'll talk, stop with that. Of course, this is margin a couple of verses together. So Phillips brings the path, the paragraph we have as in into. Yet every advantage that I had gained, I was telling you of those advantages, you know, it's Jewish privileges, it's being taught by the very best, and things like that. Every advantage that I had gained, I considered lost for Christ's sake. Yes, and I look upon everything as loss compared with the overwhelming gain of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I did in actual fact suffer the loss of everything, but I considered it useless rubbish compared with being able to win Christ. For now, my place is in him and I'm not dependent upon any of the self-achieved righteousness of the Lord. God has given me that genuine righteousness which comes from faith in Christ. How changed are my ambitions? Now, verse 10, I long to know Christ, and the power that is shown by his resurrection. Now I long to share his sufferings, even to die as he did, so that I may perhaps, perhaps attain as he did the resurrection from the dead. Of course, the perhaps there is not a, a statement of doubt, as it were. It's this dawning sense of can i ever possibly be like him in all ways if if that's possible that's what i'm going in for that's 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 what paul is saying like if if there is a provision to fully be like christ and it's the same one that we write to the romans romans 8 verse 29 that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of christ that's that's our destination that's where we are all headed but now he's saying it in a sense of if there is such a possibility that that's what i want it's a sense of pursuit it's a sense of this is I'm hearing the, the language we used for Mario back in the days, Ibilomakusi, this is where I'm going to die. This is, there is nothing else that I want. This is all that matters. All that matters. And that's, that's why I want us to camp around tonight as we pray. To reclaim that wonder that I'm not just a Christian. When, when someone says, oh yeah, uh, uh or when you feel a form or whatever, it goes beyond all this. We go to church, we sing, we dance, we worship. We can do that too much that actually the essence, the core of what we are doing, we don't even get it. But I'm hoping that the more you leave, the more like Paul, you and I can share this, this prayer, this reality, this possibility to want to see everything through the lens of the endless wonders of our blessed savior to long to know christ to long to know the power that is shown by his resurrection imagine the resurrection power don't even get me started on that (laughs) The, the power that raised him from the dead he won't be the first to come off the realm of the dead he himself raised the dead in his ministry. Elijah raised the dead. Elisha raised the dead. But never has it happened in the history of humanity before or after Jesus, that someone came off the realm of the dead, quote unquote, of their own accord. There was no third party, there was no other human vessel that is praying over some tomb and saying. Jesus comforts Lazarus in <laughs> the same way he said to Lazarus comforts or to the to the son of the widow of nine or to the 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 the, the casket or the dead body that was mistakenly thrown into the the, the tomb um, and touched the bones of Elisha and things like that. It, it came of his own accord. The power of his resurrection, the power to call something out of nothing, the same power that brought all of this to be. And that power is in you and in me. What could be greater than that? What challenge could be so big that is beyond that kind of a power? So it gives you this confidence that Anu is talking about. You've got the swagger of swaggers because the greatest swagaracious entity is my dad, is my king, is my friend, is my lover. Long to know Christ and the power shown by his resurrection and to share his sufferings. I think that's the part that mm, to know him, yes. Power of his resurrection, yes, sharing his suffering. Ah. And that's why many Christians crumble under pressure of life. So all these things that we're talking about that takes our attention from him, yes, they are valid. Yes, you have deadlines, yes, you have bills to pay, yes, you have perhaps a sickness in your body. You have all these things, but when you also realize that there is this tri- triune dimension of life where you want to know him, you want to enjoy the power of his resurrection, but you also want to share in his Ah, It changes the game. You know that it's a full package. There is, there is quote and unquote, if I could say it this way, an explanation, a, a a Christian explanation for any and everything you're going through that has nothing to do with, you know, you thinking God is not powerful enough or maybe there is a sin in your life that is making you to not get what you're wanting. No. Do you want to share in his resurrection? That's in, in his sufferings. That's part of what is, that's part of the deal. And this is part of what Paul is going in for. If this is available, I'm going for it. So it gives us the full scope. Any discipleship that doesn't introduce you to these three dimensions is still lacking a leg. And so may we be people who know him, who are in pursuit, an endless pursuit of knowing him. May we be people who wants to share in the power of his resurrection, Chai. And may we be people, may we be people who want to share in his sufferings. Onto the very end. Let's pray. And so God we thank you. Because we can't possibly ever fully unravel this mystery. This gift that keeps giving. That you've given us in salvation. In your son. In Jesus. And as you've helped us to reflect on that one that is Yet again. May we be people that. We'll do these three things that Paul has spelled out ever so clearly and ever so beautifully. That longs to know you. That longs to enjoy the authority that we now have as members of your family. But also that longs to share in the sufferings that you suffer. So that we can fully be Christ-like examples. Not only in the realm of prosperity and goodness. But also when we are in the valley. In the depths of impossible situations, so that we can be your your examples, your models, the little Christ's. Thank you, Father, and for anyone that might be here tonight that is saying, "I want to get in on this. I I really want to go all out for this." Hearken to the cries of our hearts, and meet us at the point of our needs, to the praise of your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.